Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com. Hello and welcome to this, the official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. And there's European romance in the air as Brighton embark on their continental journey. Can we do it every three days in different competitions, in different countries, striving to be the best you can every single day? And who's our tour guide today? To give you a clue, he's reached the pinnacle in Europe, he's known for his work ethic, and you'll never see a fitter 37-year-old. Between games you have a couple of days, so those hours after the game, can you get refuelled, can you get the treatment? He's a man of the north, so there may be language problems, but he's adjusting to the South Coast climate. It's probably harder for other people understanding my accent. And the weather's good, the weather is definitely better and warmer. There's a few times where you felt like you're in Spain or something, so I think things are very good here. James Milner has done it all in Europe. And in this chat, we'll find out what Roberto De Zerbi has in common with Jurgen Klopp. Plus, how to keep Evan Ferguson's feet on the ground and an important tip for travelling abroad. James, you made your Leeds debut at 16 years old and 21 years later, you're still a top Premier League player with a, another European campaign ahead of you. Did you ever think when your Liverpool career came to an end that you might just stop there and then or did you always want to carry on? Um, yeah, I think at my time at, at Liverpool, um, I was obviously there a long time and you, know, you don't know what's going to happen year on year once you get into that scenario of you know that, that year contract or whatever and you think I could finish at Liverpool for sure but I, ju- I just feel like I've still got more to give and it'd be a shame to stop now and everyone always says play as long as you can I still feel fit enough to do it I, f- I still feel like I can contribute um, so yeah and, and when Brighton was an option uh, it excited me and speaking to the manager and, and, and seeing that seeing the club's journey and you know how well they played the, the football style they play and how well they played last year um, yeah and obviously that was in my mind before then they get into Europe as well as an added bonus so um, yeah no it just felt like it was the right fit for me and I think the club as well hopefully as well What were your impressions of the club from outside you knew it was upwardly mobile and progressive is it everything you'd hoped it would be yeah I think so I think for the most part I think obviously you see the journey it's been on you know for for a long time now and, and the progression and even when the managers changed and you can normally tell how well a club's run you know if a manager's changing um, that continuity happens um, it's seamless you know there's some of the signings that are coming in and you know big players going out and, and big transfers fees coming in but still managing to keep that level and up in that level and and bringing those players through um 
playing a, a great style of football. Um, yeah, it just seemed like everything was managed the right way. Did it feel like a big leap to you, you know, a, a sort of challenge to make this change at this point in your career? Yeah, I think changing club is always difficult, um, for, for sure. It's a lot further south than I'm used to. <laughs> um, so that's obviously one thing. The further south before this was obviously Birmingham. So that, that that's a big change. Swindon on loan? Swindon on loan, yeah, for a month. But um, I think we had quite a few games in that month up in Yorkshire anyway, actually. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I spent more time up north. But, yeah, uh, that's right. But, um, yeah, people have been telling me how good the weather is for years and years down here. And I'm not sure. Some, it hasn't been as good as people have said. So, But everyone keeps telling me how bad it's been this summer. So I'll let them off there. But, yeah, no, it's been great. The, the, the club's fantastic. The lads have been amazing in terms of making me feel at home and welcome straight away very early. Um, which is a great sign of obviously a great dressing room and I wasn't fit at the start when I come in as well so that was difficult I was watching training from the outside to make sure I understood both how we played but also the lads how their personalities are on the training field and and you know some people obviously you know how can you help them some people react in different ways and things like that so getting a feel for the lads and then obviously pre-season always helps when you're away with the, the boys for a period of time and, and together in a hotel and stuff like that, you get to know the boys. So that was a really important time. But yeah, it's a, it's a great bunch of people down here. And that's one of the biggest difficulties when you leave a club. You know, the people have been around at Liverpool for so long and um, that's the thing you miss. And, and um, yeah, to, to feel as comfortable as I have, as quick, I think has helped that I'm a bit older and I've done it a few times for sure. And maybe uh, you don't feel as conscious about yourself, but the people have obviously been great and helped me with that. The life itself, I mean, you've got the sea in front of you and the downs behind you. Have, you. have you settled into the Brighton life? Yeah, it's a lovely part of the world. Um, like you say, fantastic. Um, managed to play a bit of golf. Um, managed to go for a few walks with the family um, here and there. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. And like you say, when the weather's good, the weather is definitely better and warmer. There's a few times where you felt like you're, you're in Spain or something. So, yeah, I, I am enjoying it for sure. And... It's probably harder for other people understanding my accent, to be honest, rather than the other way around. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I was going to ask you about that because we, we've got this mutual friend, um, Kevin Sinfield. I wrote his autobiography with him. And, and, and in that, the great rugby league hero. And in that, he talks about Yorkshire people and how direct they are. And, you know, he played for Leeds Rhinos and he said, they don't mess around. They don't spare your feelings. If, if you don't like it, that's your problem. not It's their problem, not yours. Um, <laughs> is the communication style different down here? Um, yeah, potentially. I think it's, like you say, it's probably harder for other people to get to know me. I think probably early on, if I'm quite direct or something, um, you know, maybe early on they don't know what you're about, so they might be like, oof. But I think once they get to know me, um, you know, I might make a joke and be straight-faced, and I think that they know, you know, I'm, I'm most of the time taking the mick and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, you, you want to come in and you want to help every way you can on the field, off the field, and, and use your experience and... Um, you know, I'll always give my opinion and try and, and help where I can. And, you know, if that's through a rocket every now and then to the lads or if it's an arm round, you have to judge it right and try to do it and, 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 and try to get that right. But, you know, I just want to contribute as much as I can both on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, when you walk into a club with, you know, three Premier League titles and a Champions League medal, and do, do you have to kind of temper that somehow? Because there must be a temptation to say, look, let's do it this way, not that way, and, and have a more influence quickly than you really should be having, given that you're a new player. Um, <laughs> you have to rein it in a bit, you know. Yes and no. I think I think things are very good here, so it's not like 
you go into a place where it's terrible and the gap, you know, from where you've been is huge. There's there's some things which are better here and there's some things which could be slightly better and we try and improve, but I'd probably never temper it too much because, you know, that's what you're here to do. You want to push everyone around you. You want to push yourself. I'd never say anything or ask anyone to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And you, you want the club to be in the best possible place. And, and if you see something that can be improved, it's best to say. And then it's the club's decision whether they want to take that road or not. But um, I think it's important that people give their opinions for the best intentions of the club and the team and the, the progression. So, you know, I think... I'm comfortable that um, people know it's been in the right way and you're just trying to help and improve things. And, you know, I'll always try to do that. You're always striving to be the best you can every single day and every little area of the club and, and the team and things we do and things I do, how can you improve it every day? And obviously being at a club for so long and the way they do things, I have to have an open mind as well of trying new things and have a way that I've done it for so long. I try this the the way that's been offered as well, and then you make your decision on that. So it's important, and one of the big attractions to me coming here as well was you know keep learning and keep improving, and to play under a manager um, like the manager here uh, at this stage of my career, that was a big thing as well. Wanting to to learn from him, but coming into a new club as well, it's difficult, but it's great to see how different clubs do it. And ah, uh, I've done it this way, but can I add this little bit to it? Can I add this little bit to it? And that's what I've tried to do my whole career, look at other players, how they do things, and can I take 1%, 2% from what they do and put it into my own game to help, how they prepare, how they how they recover, little things they might do to make themselves better. When you joined, everybody said, oh, well, James Milner will be brilliant at game management, um, which you are, but you're offering more than just game management, aren't you? Hopefully. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm prepared to do whatever's needed for, for, for the team. So, you know, I obviously have a, a preference where I'd, I'd like to play. But if the manager wants to play me midfield, wants to play me right back, left back wing, wherever it is, you know, I'm here, like I said before, to contribute and off the field. So whatever's needed to help the team, I'm, I'm prepared to do it. And, you know, I just want to play football. You want to play as much football as you can. You want to contribute on, on the field and, you know, whatever's needed. Because obviously the jump for this club and this team this year going into Europe it is a massive change from playing one game a week and um, you know like I said before the whole squad's going to be needed to be successful and it wasn't a big jump in terms of playing style was it um, you know there are some similarities between Liverpool and Brighton aren't there in the way they go about it yeah some some similarities some differences obviously and um, and, th- and that's the biggest thing obviously when you've done something under one manager which was at Liverpool eight years but under Jürgen for seven and a half um, you know, when the, the, there is differences, you, it's very, it's not always easy. In the speed of the game, you have a, a natural thing you've done for so long, which is that style of play or defending or set pieces. You have to try and, you know, change that, which obviously isn't always easy and it'll, it will take time. But um, the more you do it in training and the attention to detail we go into in training here and with the manager and the coaches, you know, that'll obviously help you as much as possible. But again, it's important that is the things that you can help to bring in little suggestions here and there. And if it's taken, yeah, if it's not, it doesn't matter. But again, it's how can we be the best possible team? And it's a very good team anyway you're coming into. So it's a great place to be. And if you can add one or two percent here and there, then uh, fantastic. It's not really contrived to say that there are a couple of similarities between Jurgen Klopp and Roberto De Zerbi, is it? In, in terms of their, certainly in terms of their inspirational qualities, their, their ability to manage people, push people, 
hold people to account. But that extra spark of charisma, they both got that, haven't they? Yeah, for sure. I think they're both genuine people. You know, I think sometimes, you know, people in front of cameras can be very different to how they are behind closed doors. I think they're both very approachable. I think you could go to them with anything. Um, they're both very passionate, desperate to win, bounce around the technical area and show their emotions. And, you know, I think that's important. I think it, it shows, you know, they're on your side, they're willing you to win, they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, they want to be out there, they want to make that tackle with you, they want to, you know, run that last yard. And I think that's nice to see. Um, you know, everyone has their own management style, but I think as a player, when you know that the manager's that desperate for you to do well and he's bouncing around and he's passionate and he's desperate for his players to do well, I think that's an important thing to see. And both kind of immensely positive in their style of play. They want to go after the opposition, don't they? They want to get on with the game. They want to be busy, intense. That's that's a, that's a the best way to play, isn't it, for a player? It's the most fun, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I think, obviously... Um, you know, if you're playing in a style of play which is, you know, a bit behind the ball and counter-attack football and a lot of running side-to-side defensively and being tight and, you know, we are in a results business and at times, you know, in certain teams and in certain games you might have to do that. Um, but as a player, you know, you want to have the ball as much as possible. That's why we all play the game, to, to have the ball and, you know, defensively then can you win it back as soon as possible and obviously that's an important part but that's the way players like to play football and, uh you know, some of the football that the team played last year and that we've started this year. Um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it's great to watch for, for the fans, but it's also enjoyable to be part of as well. This process of adaptation when you play in Europe, you're playing in European competitions, which the club's never done before. So if you made a list, what, different stadiums, different grass, different atmospheres, different day of the week, um, different um, styles of play in the opposition, you're playing in different countries. Um, what are the what are the things you have to prepare yourself be ready for mentally? Yeah, I think it's always been on. You know, like every three days, you can't have ups and downs. You can't. You need to be a hundred percent ready every game. The recovery between the games is massive. Again, you don't have a week between games. You have a couple of days. So those hours after the game, can you get refueled? Can you get the treatment? Can you do things on the plane back if you've got a knock? You might have to, you know, get a game ready or ice pack on on, on, on the plane on the way back. How well is the travel done, you know, in, in those turnarounds for a club in terms of organising? Is the travel bang on? Is the hotels right? The travel, making sure the location of the hotels, which all seem like little details. Oh, we only have to travel another half an hour to the ground or stadium or you know, a bit longer to the airport or, but when you add that up over a turnaround of 48 hours sometimes or something like that, the massive differences when it comes into it. So those little details are huge. And as a squad, as a club, that's a challenge for the club to get right. And then as a squad, you know, we have to be, everybody has to be ready to play. If you're disappointed in not playing one game, are you supporting the team? Are you ready to come on and play? Are you ready to play the next game? Because the only way we'll have a successful season this year is if everyone's involved. But I think it's managing that fatigue both physically and mentally, um, never switching off and 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 uh, dealing with that side. That's that's obviously huge. And you know the change of scenery, like different countries, like you said, um, different atmospheres, host- hostile atmospheres. Um, you know, the worries around if your family's going to watch in a different country, are they okay? And all these little things that normally you wouldn't worry about, it's just that added layer of, of things that we have to take into consideration and deal with. 
It's funny that because these are the things that supporters very often don't see. They just expect you to turn up at Ajax and smash them, don't they? And, they, and there's a hell of a lot that goes into get, getting you to Ajax in the first place in the right condition to play that game. Yeah, and they'll be going through the same thing, you know, for the fans to travel around Europe and the logistics of getting there and getting back to work maybe on a on a Friday after you've travelled through the night to get back. And um, hopefully we can make it worth it for the fans. That's the big thing and make sure, um, you know, we perform but yeah, it is, a, it is a big difference and a big change, but hopefully one that we can be successful with, enjoy and, and put in some good performances and, and progress in the competition and, and give the fans great experiences while they're travelling and, and something which the club has never done before, showing uh, Brighton in um, a positive light on the European stage. Uh, the owner, Tony Bloom, thinks it's the strongest squad the club has ever had, you know, from 1 to 20 or 22 or whatever it is. Um, when you look through the squad list, do you, do you feel the resources are there? Yeah, 100%. I think you look down and I think there's a good mix of experience and youth. I think um, the potential of the squad is fantastic. I think, um, you know, in all positions, there's, there's in numbers. If there's an injury, you didn't have to worry too much. If uh, you lose that player, yeah, obviously you're always going to miss a good player for, for sure. But when you've got another player who's ready and raring to go and step in straight away, that's huge. And the biggest thing is that competition with places. Everyone can play every week and they need to be ready to play every week. But that competition with places in training, people have to play well, otherwise the shirt won't be there for them. And uh, that's important. And also getting the, the right mindset around the squad that if you're not playing, how can we help? How can we prepare the boys who are playing? Am I ready that if there's an injury in the first minute, am I ready to come on on the 60th minute and change this game and make an impact? They're all things that are important and, and we need to push each other and, and get that bang on. Are you a believer in the, the idea of leadership groups in dressing rooms? Because there seemed to be a strong one here. And did you did you kind of step straight into that? Did you find that easy? Um, yeah, I think it's important to have leaders right through the dressing room, for sure. Obviously, you've always got the captain and, and it's fantastic how long, obviously, Dunkey's been here and he knows the club inside out and, and that's great also for the fans as well. I think it's so important to have someone who, you know, the fans see as their own amongst all these other talents who are coming from all over the world. It's amazing to have, but you always want those local boys to do well. So it's great that we're led by a guy like him um, and a player like him. Um, but it is important he has that support and and... Every leader's different and we need, obviously, more than one one captain out there in terms of vocal, but every captain or leader within the squad is going to be different how they put messages across, how they lead, whether it's by example, whether it's by shouting, whether it's encouraging, whether it's giving a rocket here and there. And, yeah, we've definitely got a good group of players who have different, different uh, characteristics, different levels of patience, different, all these, all these things that go into it that... It is a good group for that and the atmosphere is that people will say what they think and if someone needs pulling out on something or suggesting, you know, can you do this next time, um, people listen and that's, that's super important. That's why it's been so easy to settle in, I think, because the atmosphere is fantastic and you can say exactly what you think and everyone will take it in the right way knowing that you're trying to help and, and, and the boys, yeah, the dressing room is fantastic. Sign up and join millions of sports fans putting their trust in My Diesel Claim. Proud sponsors of the official Brighton & Hove Albion podcast. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. 
The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you came, people assumed that you were, you know, like a close friend of Adam Lallana and you'd work closely together and have a similar kind of influence. Is, is that correct? Are, are you close? Yeah, yeah, we were very close at Liverpool and then obviously when he moves away and you keep in contact, but I suppose it's one of those with men you don't have to speak to each other every day to to be close and you, you, you might not speak to each other for six weeks or so or you might not see each other for six months, but as soon as you see each other, it's like you saw each other yesterday and, and that's me and Ads really, a very close one who's at Liverpool, close now and obviously talked in between a bit, but... Um, not close enough that I'd have been to Brighton, regardless mm. whether it wasn't the right club for me. Um, so, you know, I'd heard a lot from Ads about, you know, the team, the manager, and, you know, the job Ads has done since he's been here, I think, huge as well. You see, like, the steps the club's making in the times of and obviously it's not all down to Ads, but yeah. bringing his experience, you know, the standards, changing things. Um, you know, he's had a massive impact on on this club and where it is now. He, he deserves massive credit and, you know, you want to come in and help uh, as well and keep keep that going, what he's done as well. So, um, yeah, it's great to have Ads there. He's still an unbelievable player. Um, but, yeah, the, the job he's done since he's been here as well has been huge, I'm, uh, I'm sure, and seeing the journey of the club and coming in as well and mm. seeing it. I think you were, you were captain against um, Roberto Deserve his Brighton last season. You, you played against them twice as a Liverpool player, didn't you? Did you? What impression did you get? Uh, did you notice the change from Graham Potter's time? Yeah, I, I think obviously under Graham it, it was a strong team as well. I mm. think the style of play changed a bit. Obviously under the, the current manager, I think um, it was always a difficult game for sure. We knew that. Um, well drilled, well coached. Could tell that. Um, couple of clever set pieces as well, if I remember rightly as well, which um, undid us. So, yeah, you knew it was it was a team that knew exactly what they were doing. And at times when you watched them last year from the outside, it looks, you know, a great flow in football, risky at times. But once you're in the setup and you know how well everyone's drilled, it's not risky because everyone's on the same page and knows exactly what's happening. So that's obviously the what you see coming in and, and see how well coached and how much the boys work on those sorts of things. Just going back to um, Europe, I mean, you they say that the great Anfield European nights are the best in the business. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, they're pretty special for sure. I think things happen probably at Anfield that maybe wouldn't happen at 95% of other stadiums. You know, you think of the Barcelona evening and things mm. like that. I mean beating one of the best teams in Europe with the experience they have by that margin to go through. Um, special things happen there for sure. And yeah, had a few special nights there. Dortmund, we had another one in in the Europa League as well, a similar sort of night. Yeah, and, and they're always the nights you want to be part of, those special games that people talk about years, years on. And that's what we have the opportunity to do here this year. You know, it's the first European season. Can we create those memories as a as a squad and that was one of the big things that we always wanted at Liverpool when I first signed it, it was a club with fantastic history won so much but in the recent history I hadn't won 
too much at all. I think it was a League Cup in 2012 and then before that was the Champions League 2005. So for a club never winning the the Premier League or not winning the, the first division for that amount of time was mind-blowing. So our aim was to try and create that history and our own history and, and create a chapter. And I think coming here is exciting because, you know, like the journey the club's been on, it's, it's new territory, but can we create and add to the fantastic history of the club? Can we add something again and, and create a chapter which, you know, you can be remembered for? Yeah, because it creates an appetite, doesn't it? So you don't want this to be a one-off where you say, oh, wasn't that nice? We had a year in Europe, now we're out. And, you know, it may never come again. You want that again and again and again, don't you? No, for sure. And I think that's the journey of the club and, and the progression and also the mindset. The mindset's the biggest thing overall to, one, make it happen. But like you say, is it a, oh, let's enjoy it while it's here? Or is it a, no, let's make sure this is every year and let's push again and camp can we go to this team and win? Well, yeah, the team's shown it can beat anyone on its day, but then the next step is can we be consistent with it? Can we do it every three days in different competitions, in different countries? Can you deal with injuries when they come along? Can you deal with suspensions? And that's all part of the journey that we're on and I'm sure there'll be ups and downs for sure, but that's the challenge of it and that's where you want to be. You want to be dealing at the highest level and with, with these difficulties in different competitions and, and how can you deal with it and can you be successful? And that's what every player wants to, the level they want to be playing at. I'm guessing you enjoy being on this training ground when you're surrounded by so many 19 and 20-year-olds with so much promise. <laughs> They're probably hard to catch up with sometimes, but is that is that a thrill to, to see that stage of people's careers and looking at them thinking they could be anything, these lads? 100% until... The talk is the day, the years they're born, and it's not not when you you, you made a de- your debut before yeah. uh, they were even born. That's the only bad bit. But other than that, for sure. And it's I remember how fortunate I was for the senior players who helped me come through and the standards they set and what was expected of me and protecting me and helping me. And obviously now, how can I help them? And you know they'll obviously be playing long after I've finished. But how can how can you help them reach their potential? as soon as possible obviously the potential is massive but if there's a few things you can say to them that if you've made a mistake that they don't make that mistake or you can skip a few levels in their progression by giving them advice and and opening their eyes to certain things whether it's off the field whether it's in the gym doing things that they wouldn't normally do getting treatment doing their ice baths you know eating the right things how the train can they lift the training level by two three percent all these things, you know, can help them rather than getting to 23, 24 and learning it themselves. If they can get that 18, 19, you know, they'll reach their potential as soon as possible. And yeah, that, that's exciting. And like I said before, how can I help the guys? As, because it's a great group. And when you see the guys we have in there and the younger guys as well wanting to improve and that appetite to learn, you're desperate to do anything you can from because, you know, that they're, they're doing the right things anyway. I can't recall you making many mistakes. Maybe you did, but um, maybe you just kept them well hidden, didn't you? Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, cover them up if you make a mistake. <laughs> I, I think that is the, the big thing. I think everyone's allowed to make mistake and will make a mistake. It's do you make it again? And that's the whole point. If, if you don't learn from a mistake, it's, it, it's no good. So can you learn from a mistake and, and never do it again? And I think that's obviously what you're seeing the best players. Um, you know, learn from it, done it. I'm not going to do that again or I'm going to do it in a different way. And, um, that again is you know credit to people around me or how well I can cover it up then if you can't remember <laughs> Evan Ferguson was born after your debut I think um, yeah, 
Uh, you're welcome. Uh, everybody, everybody's eulogising him. Um, would you have a word to say about his potential? Yeah, I really like him. Great, great lad. Give him plenty of stick. He's good fun to be around, but potential is huge. He's so much he can improve on as well. Uh, as good as he is already, he is so many areas that you know if he gets better, which he obviously is eighteen. It's mind blowing how young he is. I think the most important thing for us at this moment in time is protecting him as much as we can. And I did some media after the game where he got his hat trick and the last game and um, asking to be compared to Alan Shearer and people like this. And it's like that is going to do him no good at all. We just need to let him be himself, let him take his path, play his football, help him learn. And you know, not build him up too much because obviously everyone always wants to build people up and knock them down. Let him just, let him just develop and and play and enjoy his football. That's the biggest thing, and for sure, his his ceiling is very very high. Um, and and he's a good lad, which is fantastic as well. But um, yeah, he's goal scoring and finishing, like you saw, and all types of goals, is great already and can be top top. But we just need to keep pushing him, keep. Um, knocking him down and keeping his head small so he can get through the door and um, <laughs> making sure that, you know, people on the outside are trying to take chunks out of him and, and and take too much of him and demand too much of him. And finally, I mean, at 37, you're, you're in the most, you know, fabulous nick, which is, I guess, a repayment for all the sacrifices and dedication you made, your, your physical dedication, your discipline. Is it quite nice to be kind of reaping the benefits of all that with a, with a career that's still going strong? Yeah, for sure. I think when you, like you say, you think back through the years and the little extras in the gym or, you know, the doing things at home or leaving your family when you're on holiday in the summer to go and run and go to the gym and they're in the pool. It's never easy. It's not nice at all. And you see them having fun and you're doing work or you're going out for a run. Uh, you're leaving your missus to do this and that, but this is why. And that's another reason why you want to play as long as possible because you've done all that for so long. Like you said, if I've still can do it now why would I why would I stop so yeah I'm fortunate that when I started playing you know I had good people I could learn off but also you know the things were changing like the cultures were changing um you know obviously not going out Saturday night all night day or Wednesday all day drinking nutritionists were coming in um starting to come in um that was probably a bit later but the gym was more important um, you know, one fitness coach was at a club. Now we have five or six, but treatment, things like this, we get very well looked after and we have all the facilities to be able to do that. And um, that that's a big part of it for, for sure and, and taking advantage of it. Thank you. And there's a thing we always do at the end, which is, can you tell me three things you like about Brighton in three words? That's, this is the city or the club, whatever you oh. like. Only three words, though. So, right, I'll say the weather then. <laughs> Stereotypical weather. Um, the people, in reference to the, the people at the club, obviously, I haven't met too many people outside there, but the people at the club are fantastic. And I'll say style, as in style of play, how we play. Good, thank you. Perfect, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this new official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast. What do you think of the show? Who should we have on next? And is there anything you want us to cover? Tell us at podcast at brightonandhovealbion.com 
And if you like it, please rate, review and tell your friends. The official Brighton and Hove Albion podcast with MyDieselClaim.com What advice would you give to anyone travelling to Europe? Don't forget the passport. <laughs> John Mother. <Mullen. laughs> it's happened. Yeah, it has. We've had lads do it. We had to put a fine in for 10,000 for forgetting the passport. Sadio Mane. And we were delayed. We were delayed an hour. This podcast is a VoiceWork Sport production for Brighton and Hove Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network.